This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm your host, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. COVID-19 has impacted everyone, and all of us have had to make choices on how to respond to circumstances and challenges that seven months ago wouldn't have even made sense. I mean, how many of you knew how to use Zoom in February? In so much uncertainty, Awana has had to figure out how to continue our mission of resilient child discipleship to serve the local church in the specific ways their individual communities were impacted. We are able to do that because of people like you who support our ministry and people like Abel Lopez. Abel is the Awana U.S. Latino director. He served as a pastor. He's an accomplished author and now is leading our efforts to engage kids in lifelong discipleship specifically within the U.S. Latino community. Abel is an amazing guy. He's a great leader. But what I hope you pay attention to in this conversation is how he has been able to encourage and equip pastors and church leaders even during this unprecedented time. You see, I would argue that God has put Awana in a unique position for such a time as this. We are deeply connected to all of our local church partners and their pastors in the 126 countries that we faithfully serve God's kingdom around the world. And we are relentlessly focused on the future of the faith. Abel and his ministry are a great example of that focus. Thank you for listening. Here is Abel Lopez on the Resilient Disciples Podcast. How did you wind up at Awana? Were you going to want a kid or how how did you wind up here? How did God bring you here? A uh, mutual friend, Larry Acosta. Uh, we met uh, back in November of 2019, was it? Or 2018. And uh, I was a flat he, circle during the pandemic. Yeah, Nobody knows. Yeah. He wanted me to come to LA and, and have a, um, just do a round table with him. And I said, for what? He goes, well, it's just like, you're the expert on Latino churches and I need you at the table. And this ministry called Awana is wanting to know more about the, you know, Spanish culture here in the U.S. So will you come? I said, sure. So we've been friends for 20 years. So um, that around table actually never happened. Uh, Larry never put it together. So um, so I went on to the website of Awana because I'm going, all right, if I'm going to go to a round table, I need to know who they are. Yeah. So I went looking and then I saw that they were looking for a national director for the Spanish. And I said, well, that sounds interesting because my wife and I, 18 months before, decided that either I write curriculum. I, I wrote, a, I have four volumes of discipleship curriculum that I wrote. I'm an author. Okay. <clears throat> either I write a curriculum discipleship for students and, you know, for children and youth, or I find somebody. And my wife's like, well, just write it. And I'm going, no, it's just too hard to write curriculum that all denominations will use. Yeah. Uh, so I said, we just need to pray that Lord put somebody in our path. And when I looked at the site and I saw that that was available, I'm going, that's it. Yeah. So I gave the organization that I founded to my son to okay. continue to run while I jumped on this. And by January of this year, we were really gaining a lot of momentum. Uh, we were training, you know, 25, 30 churches at a time. And all of a sudden, 
you know, the, your feet were knocked down from underneath you. And, and we were already working on virtual stuff. It's just when the pandemic hit, we just had to accelerate. I just got back from a seven day tour, uh, visiting churches and pastors, uh, and re, you know, just really encouraging pastors and, uh, just really showing up to their church office and loving on them and, and their leaders and their leadership team. And so it was really cool. Uh, we had a great time, you know, some pastors were crying. Other pastors were just, they were all elated that I was there instead of a zoom call. It was a face to face. Yeah. Uh, That's one of the things that I think is a good jumping off point about the ministry in general. One of the unique things about Awana is that we can have someone like you in place, right? We can have, a position that obviously you, your scope is wider than this, but the ability for you to walk into a church and be able to encourage and love on pastors and the loving, caring adults that are serving with them speaks to, I think, a unique positioning that Awana has, even in a relatively new, correct me if I'm wrong, but a relatively new people group focus like US Latino. Right. And I think Awana in, would be the first to admit that it hasn't reflected it's desired diversity. It's desired reflection of the kingdom and your ministry, I think is a great example of that. I think this pandemic, and maybe this is just me, has made everybody look real insular. I found myself kind of shrinking God, where God is just sort of God over my own circumstances, my own uh, environments. So what have you seen that God is up to, particularly in the U.S. Latino population? You know, what I'm seeing that God is up to is that from this point forward, the Latino church will have two congregations. Uh, it'll be a, a in-person congregation and a virtual congregation. Uh, that was already happening to a certain extent in the Caucasian churches, um, but it was not happening in the Latino churches. 97% uh, of them did not, weren't doing anything virtual. Um, and, and that had to do with really uh, having a, a, a more of a smaller vision that we could only reach uh, just our communities and not really thinking globally, uh, every, every nation uh, around the world. Uh, and now that's become a reality. And we were really forced to go into that. As I just visited these churches, they're still struggling. Uh, there's, you know, their teachers, uh, there's two things that have happened. Some of the teachers are not coming back because of the virus. Uh, some of them, they're just the Zoom platforms. It's just too complicated, uh, you know. <laughs> so, so we're helping them through that. But they understand that uh, there is a congregation out there that, although at the beginning of this were in person, but now have decided that they're not coming back. Um, so. So we're, we're having to go virtually. So we're going to reach more uh, yeah. than, than we had before. Now it's just a matter of, you know, how much time will we invest to do both and do them great? Yeah, absolutely. You had mentioned earlier that you were an author before this. I'm curious uh, how uh, someone goes from an author to this, this, this more uh, wider lens leadership position that you now find yourself in? Maybe it's not as much of a jump as I'm thinking, but how do you feel like your ability to, I'm going to use a very sort of consultancy word, create content, right? Create curriculum has served you as now you are working with folks who are implementing, you know, curriculum of their own. 
Yeah, you know, I, I created curriculum out of a need. Um, I, I didn't see the resources needed for the Latino community. Uh, so I was forced, I was forced to, to become an author. So I, okay. I have a, I have a book on parenting. I have a book on uh, youth ministry. I have a leadership Bible with uh, United Bible societies. And then uh, I wrote the six year leadership curriculum that's in the public schools. Um, okay. And uh, I have four volumes of uh, discipleship curriculum that I wrote for the churches. And then I've written on some other, you know, co-write it in other books and stuff like that. Um, but how, how do you make the transition? Um, it's, it's really the, it's about the overall goal. The overall goal is the great commission, evangelize and disciple. And I, you know, I can do great things on my own, but I think together we can do greater things. And when I saw the opportunity of an organization like Awana that had, you know, this history behind them, and that's all they've ever done. And when I looked into it, they, to me, in my opinion, I was a pastor for 18 years and discipleship was at my core. I mean, that's what I did. And I discovered that this was the best discipleship curriculum I've ever seen. And I'm going, I got to, I got to get on the boat because, you know, there's, there's those, those safety little boats on the side that I need to get on one of those to get yeah. to the Latino culture. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so that's what I did. Um, you know, um, I remember still in, I, I come in, in 2019, April and in July, the president and myself, uh, Matt Markins were in South Texas sitting with, you know, presidents of networks of pastors and, and we book a training and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be training them on. <laughs> I just know that this is important, right? I'll yeah. figure it out. I got two more months to figure it out anyway. <laughs> That's just the way, I, the way I looked at it, man. I'm going, I don't care. You know, sometimes, sometimes we wait till everything aligns and we figure out that we're 70 years old by the time it does. And, huh. and we lost an opportunity and, and I'm going, we can't wait for everything aligned. We just have to know that God's saying go, and then we go. Yeah. Right. So um, now we've trained uh, over 400 leaders, uh, over 90 churches, uh, impacting over 5,000 kids, just in this initiative that just barely started. And then we got, you know, we got kind of a little bit of a setback with the pandemic, but you know, we're the church of Jesus Christ, man. We're going to thrive in every situation. So, Amen. We're, so we're good, you know? Absolutely. Well, and I, I think see. what I love about that is it also speaks to the benefit of investing in a child's relationship with Jesus, right? Like you are right. investing in leaders who are investing in kids and God wasn't surprised by the coronavirus. And right. yet so many organizations I think have had to slow down or stop completely. And because of the unchanging nature of our vision and mission, yes, we, you know, we had setbacks, but we are moving forward. We are incredibly focused on this mission of making resilient disciples, even if we're leading workshops and we don't necessarily know what we're going to say, because I right. think genuinely that passion and that focus that you have really does kind of carry the day. It reminds me of how so much of the feedback we get from people around the 3B resilient child discipleship philosophy of belong, believe, become is, you know, they don't know if they're up to it, right? So much of this practitioner community feels like inadequate or they don't have the fancy letters after their name. And yet what we can confidently tell people is if you just show up, 
if you're just loving these kids, if you are just, if you care about them genuinely, God is the one who's going to do the work. And that, that uh, investment is, is going to bear a lot of fruit. Yeah. You know, I just did my workshop for, uh, for the, uh, the Kidman uh, Megacon convention yeah. that's going on right now. I just did it yesterday. And my topic was on the choosing and developing leaders for a resilient, resilient discipleship world. Right. And, and what you just talked about, it's what I told him. I said, all you do is in finding the right leaders, you need three things. They got to love God, love people and love ministry to our kids. Yeah. If they got, if they got those three things, we'll do the rest, right? <laughs> uh, we'll be good because the biggest fear of people is the unknown. Yeah. And so we have to bring some type of assurance. And I think during this pandemic, I, I really saw, you know, taking off my hat of a national director and putting on another hat and that hat said pastor on it. Uh, I felt that I needed to pastor pastors. So I started calling them and just to encourage them just to pray with them. And then, and then this week I showed up in person to nine to 10 churches that we scheduled meetings with, you know, private meetings. Um, and it was a very fruitful time. And pastors were saying, Wow, you're here, even though even through the pandemic, you're here, right? Because one thing is for sure is that they'll never forget what Awana did for them during this pandemic, right? Absolutely. And, and to give them assurance that that we're going to walk with them because the why can't we give the assurance? Because that's the assurance that we get through Christ. Amen. Right? He's like, he's he's saying, Hey, all you gotta do is trust me. You're gonna have a lot of affliction in this world, but I've I've conquered it, right? Yep. So, so trust me through the process. So, so we have all this assurance that, so I'm going, we have to go share that because that's his truth. And um, so, so we're excited. We're excited, you know, um, post pandemic, pre pandemic, during pandemic, we're going to rock and roll, man. You know, <laughs> God's going to, like you said, he knew this didn't surprise him. Yeah. So he's got to, I'm following Let's roll, you know, yes. so, so we're excited about it. And, um, you know, in the Latino community, you know, it's, you know, the virtual world was very unknown to us, you know, to our churches and it still is, but it's okay. We're helping them through it, you know, and that's, that's the one piece that a one is doing because the, the, the overall goal is child discipleship, uh, that 92.7 that won't abandon their faith because, mm -hmm they decided to be a disciple of Christ, yep. right? You know, generations that will impact by something we did this past weekend that we will never meet, but yes. yet it sparked something in those pastors and leaders and, and it'll impact for generations to come. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Regardless of the speed bumps of a global pandemic, our mission of reaching kids with the gospel and engaging them in lifelong discipleship still stands. Now more than ever, we are equipping local leaders to share and show the love of Jesus. And we are supporting the loving, caring adults around the world who are guiding our children through the unknown circumstances of our time. A study from LifeWay Research revealed that 57% of pastors don't know when their children's ministry will resume. But at Awana, we know that the discipleship of our kids cannot wait. Now more than ever, we must press into the unknown 
with a known God and a resolute mission. We trust him to provide prayer partners who will also give generously so that we can sustain and invest in child discipleship around the world. Our encouragement is found in you, and it is our prayer that God continues to call you to our shared vision that all children and youth would come to know, love, and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Now more than ever, there are still millions of children who need Christ. Because of your commitment to the gospel and influencing children with God's love, we can partner together to reach a lavish harvest of resilient young people, the greatest generation of disciples this world has ever seen. Invest in the future of the faith at awana.org slash more than ever. Now, those churches that you just toured, like not only were you able to see how those pastors were impacted, but now they're going to go love on their kids. Those kids are going to grow up to lead the faith in the culture of 2050 and beyond. And I would just, I would love for people who are listening to this to take this opportunity, this real heavy circumstances of a pandemic. And rather than saying no to say yes, to lean in because it's exactly what you said. Like your kids are going to remember how you responded to this moment. That's right. You know, and I'm, I'm reminded of, of, of the two shoe salesmen that were sent to sell shoes at a certain part of the world. Okay. And the first one got there and he called back and complained. He said, why did you guys send me here? Nobody wears shoes here. Right. So the second one got there and he called back and he said, this is awesome. Nobody wears shoes here. So, (laughs) you know, the first one going, I can't sell nothing. Nobody wears shoes. The second one said, man, I'm going to sell shoes all day long because I don't have no competition. And I think I think we have to look at it the same way that, you know, whether it's pre, post or during Christ is still Christ and the Church of Jesus Christ will triumph. And we shine and we stand up and we fight and we go through it. And at the end of the day, he does it for us. You know, it's, it's when you look at the story of Gideon that he went from 22,000 to 10,300. And then the 300, they were ready to fight. But all they had to just watch God do it, right? Yep. And that's, that's where we are, you know. So, so yeah, it's, think, it's, it's great. No, and I think just that that's, I think, also what I hope uh, plays out in the, in the Latino community with this new investment in digital discipleship, you know, cause it is, like you said, I, that's such a compelling vision about having to have two congregations. And I think when folks are investing in an organization like Awana, they're investing in an organization that has, that can equip churches to lead this new digital congregation. There's probably folks who are listening to this who don't have that much context into the U.S. Latino community. And one of the, my goals with this podcast, particularly with this season, is we're able to really show how child discipleship is the same across communities, across countries, across the world. Right. Because I think that there's probably a lot of churches out there who are now going, oh, I need two congregations too. And they're nowhere near the Latino community, right? How have you seen resilient child discipleship continue during the pandemic? What has that looked like despite the digital challenges that you've mentioned? 
Well, I think uh, one of the things that I've seen is that I've seen teachers go above and beyond. You know, you immediately recognize that we had to up our game as far as our amount of time that we were investing in child discipleship because it was going to require that. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing teachers grab a hold of a young student who understands technology and you just run the technology so I can do my thing with my students, right? <laughs> um, we're seeing teachers engage parents to help and say, hey, you can't be here and I can't be there, but if us three get together, uh, me, you, the parent, and, the, and your student and your child, and we do this discipleship together, we're going we're gonna to be okay. Um, you, you really saw leadership and you're seeing leadership step it up to go above and beyond what they were doing before. Although in the Latino community, you know, 90, 95% of even senior pastors are bivocational. So that oh, wow. means that most churches are volunteer driven and most of them are blue collar workers working construction sites, working, you know, different, different uh, professions with their hands, which your body gets tired. And they come home, they shower, they eat, and they jump into, you know, discipling students and discipling kids. Um, so, <clears throat> so that's that's what you're seeing. Uh, I was at a church on Sunday where, you know, they started their virtual classes. However, they were announcing if you don't have a printer to print your stuff, come by the church. We've got them here, right? And so it's like all these kind of things are going on that are above and beyond because they understand the urgency. Of, of, of seeing these kids, that model right there tells, tells the students, one, the church cares, two, the church is not going to stop. Yeah. So, so that becomes contagious and, and you're going, I'm building resilient discipleship without even telling them that that's just what I'm doing. They're, I'm modeling it, right? So they're seeing yeah. it. It's more evident now than it was you know, six months ago. That's beautiful. And I, and I, again, like, I want people to hear that, that this is during the heat of however the coronavirus is impacting your community, that God is still on the move. God is more than powerful enough to work through Zoom. I, as a, one of his creations can, can say that. You had talked about how these leaders are mostly volunteer led, how they come home from a long, hard day, shower and start loving on these kids. And that is a beautiful uh, picture and such a, such fills filled with such hope. I know that there are folks who listen to this, who are in similar positions, but when they go to sit down to eat, they may feel like, oh, I don't know if I can run zoom. I don't know if I can, I can go there. What have you heard from the leaders that you are invested in, but what would you say to that person to encourage them to keep going on this mission? I would say, I would say to them that, you know, nothing goes unrewarded and the king pays those that start at nine at three and five the same way amen and and what i mean by that is that you might have people that you know that are full-time in ministry and they have the time to do all this and you're just trying to catch up uh we all get paid the same at the end of the day but the investment that we're making, even because I was there, I was a bivocational pastor at one point in my ministry life, uh, married with kids who played, you know, uh, sports uh, and, you know, pastoring a church. And I understand the pressure and I understand, 
you know, sometimes you're just tired. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm telling you that as a wanna, we want to come alongside you and just lift up your arms in the heat of battle. And, and just to let you know that you're not alone. Uh, we're, we're ones praying for you every day as staff, we come together and we pray for you. Uh, two, uh, we're a phone call away. Uh, if we're not calling you, you can call us and, and we're going to, we're right there for you, uh, because we're in the battle with you. So I'm just saying, don't give up. You're not alone. Uh, there's, there's thousands that are in the battle that are doing the same every day. And that's why a ministry like Awana is here to serve you and, and help you move beyond where you are today. Amen. So I had brought this up earlier and I'm weary of asking you to speak for, you know, millions of people. However, I think it's an important message for people who don't have the context of the Latino community. When someone is investing in your particular area of ministry, in your particular corner of the kingdom, let's say, why should folks make that investment in your particular community, especially if they don't have that context right now? Because there's, there's two things that shift a community. One of them is a solid foundation of God's word and the other one is education. When we look at 2050, the next 30 years of growth that's coming to the U.S., 60% of that is the Latino community is represented by our students that are Latinos. So therefore, if you look at who has the highest dropout rate in the nation and has had it for the last four decades, it's our culture, the Latino community. When you look at, at, the, at the Latino church that talks about discipleship and the Great Commission is to evangelize and discipleship and make disciples, and that should be at, at the core of our mission, the, the only reason we exist, but yet we don't do very well and good enough job in doing that. There's not enough consistency. Mm. And then you're looking at a staggering result of chaos coming in the next 10 to 15 years if we, the church, don't do something. So we're looking for partners that will say, we're willing to invest in what you're doing because 2050 is around the corner and 60% of the growth is coming from the Latino culture. We need them to have a solid foundation of God's word. When you mix that with the 92.7%, they will never abandon their faith when they finish the Awana programming of discipleship. Then you're you're actually having a formula that that we will be better than we were today than we were yesterday. Um, so that's the elevator pitch that I say. Hey, will you walk with me? Will you help me accomplish the Great Commission among the Latino churches? And there's thousands of them. Um, unfortunately, you know, there's the average church out there in the U.S. is 120 to 150. Uh, we're running into Latino churches that are 30, 40, 50 members, mm -hmm. uh, but they have children in those churches that need discipleship along with parents, and we're equipped to do both, you know, so that's the elevator pitch, you know, it's, it's I tell you about the reality of where we're heading, you know, and, the, and we just got to, we got to, we've got to just take this ship and steer it in a different direction. I've invested my life in, into the Latino church. That's where God called me. And that's all I've done. Uh, I've been my, in the Latino church since I was a kid. And um, I've worked and, and developed every phase of it, uh, understand it. Uh, I work with all the denominations. I, 
I have, I don't know how it happened, but I have great relationships with bishops from the different <laughs> denominations. I have their cell phones. Uh, that's great. So, Are they bishop in your cell phone or, or, or do you just put their first name? You know, because I feel like that's I, kind of an intimidating call. I just put their first name. Good. Um, I never know what to call them anymore, but, um, <laughs> but I have great relationships with them to position me for what I'm doing right now. To me, I think it's the most urgent season. Mm. Uh, in the history of the church in the 21st century, it, 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 for sure. Um, and uh, so all those contacts and relationships were for this reason. Mm. And, and that's, you know, I left um, a couple of those pastors meeting last week. Um, I could have sat in my car and cried, right? Uh, just because in some you saw the hurt. Uh, yeah. And then when you're leaving, that hurt becomes into joy and hope yeah uh, which you know that's what we were praying for um and uh, you were able to see that and you're going man lord you're you're still lord you're still god and you're still working here so that's awesome well i will i will share one more thing with, with the listening audience and you just gotta you just gotta remember three things you just gotta know three things about about what you're doing in ministry and where you're supposed to be is is one um, you need to know the calling, you know, what God called you to do. And, and two, you need to know the assignment, whatever assignment he's given you, you got to know the assignment. And then the third one um, is you got to know the season that you're in. Hmm. So if you understand your calling and if you know your assignment and you know the season that you're in, you'll be fine. You're going to have fun. You're going to rock and roll all day long, wherever God puts you in, whether that's, whether that's the usher of a church, whether that's the bus driver of the church, whether you're the teacher of the church, whatever, it doesn't matter. As long as you know those th those three things, you'll be fine. The Resilient Disciples Podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and go to resilientdisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and hits by Jude. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.